Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs return to the practice field on Friday as they continue preparations for a Monday Christmas Day matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. We heard from defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, defensive backs coach Dave Merritt, linebackers coach Brendan Daly, defensive line coach Joe Cullen, offensive line coach Andy Heck, and wide receiver coach Connor Embry. We'll go in that order, starting with Spags, followed by Matt Nagy, then Dave Merritt. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Brendan Daly, Joe Cullen, Andy Heck, and Connor Embry. Here's the Chiefs defensive coordinator. What's everybody doing? Well, it looks like we got a rain, a little rain out there today. Hopefully we'll get outside. But All right, happy to be moving on to the next one. Looking forward to playing the Raiders. Big rival game. Um, I hope we feel fair better playing a team for the second time this time around than that's one of the things I talk to the guys about. You know, you play a team a second time, you got to be, you got to notch it up even more. So with that, I'll just open it up. Seeing seen what Drew can do this year, and mm-hmm. now that you have him back and all your linebackers back, what do you see as his role? This Drew's? Year? Well, similar, well, probably more than it was at the beginning of the year, but even at the beginning of the year, we were trying to get him in there in different packages. I think you saw last week uh, that even though Nick was back, we got Drew in there for a couple of series at Mike Linebacker, so we'll probably continue to do that. He's so flexible and versatile that we can use him in a, in a number of different roles. And I'll tell you where else he's been great. Since he's so up to what we're doing now, he was just in my office a little bit ago uh, with a what, it, what, a what if that I probably hadn't even thought of. Um, but he's, he's helpful that way too. So there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that you probably don't see that his value is uh, tremendous to us. But his, we're, we're going to try to get him out there in different packages and uh, probably get him in there for Nick somewhere along the way to give Nick a little blow. What do you think about this Raiders offense? I mean, down one week. And I know. Uh, scary when you watch them in this last game. Um, and listen, they, they went against a tough defense when they played Minnesota, so it was a little bit different for them. But for them to rebound like they did in a short week, I mean, it's a testament to the coaches, to their players. Uh, you guys know how I feel about the head coach there. Uh, and it gives them all kinds of confidence coming into Arrowhead, and we've got to make sure that we're prepared for that. I mean, it's... It's another, you know, it's another game where they feel like if they can knock off the Chiefs, that's that sends them where they want to go. So we're going to get their best shot, I'm sure. Steve, after the first couple drives in Vegas, you had told your team that it was stuff you guys were doing um, that you know was preventing your success. I don't know if it gives something away or maybe it doesn't, but I was wondering if you could expand on what it was, or yeah. I, not specifically what it was. I just thought we made some mistakes there that had we executed it the way we practiced, we might have been able to get off the field in that those first couple of drives. Now, give them a little bit of credit, too. You know, the offense, they, they made some plays, the quarterback got the ball to the, the proper receivers on particular pass plays. But um, that's probably typical of, of any of these games where we've allowed drives early. Usually it was somebody just 
out of whack a little bit. And we just got to settle in and be us just a lot sooner. We got to start start what, faster. What do you think is this group's ability? Because with Vegas and, and Green Bay was also kind of similar. It's where you were able to make adjustments within the game. Like, yeah. Is this group more able to do that? You're talking about the guy, the players that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is this, um, is this group's more able to do that. I guess in some regards. I mean, I've, I've, I think I've shared this before. I feel like this is one of the more cerebral groups as a whole that that we've had. Um, you know, the numbers of the guys that you'd put in that category seems to be higher. So that's helpful. The other thing is, is they listen, they, these guys, I'm talking about the coaches uh, and the players, everybody kind of responds to working together at something when, you know, our back's against the wall a little bit and we got to get something straightened out and right. These guys taking upon themselves, coaches and players, to get it right. And that's, that's nice to have. Was it um, just the attacking the second level with the tight end last game? And I guess how do you shore that up, make sure that? Yeah, I, listen, we, we knew, I mean, we were trying to take away, you can't take away everything. Um, that's the first part. Um, and so we, we make decisions in the game where to go early. We did make a halftime adjustment for that specific um, situation. But, you know, unless it's a, you know, unless you got tight ends that are running four fours and four fives, they're going to open up the game. I mean, sometimes that happens and we got to line up and play defense again. If we're taking away the one that was supposed to go deep, I'm okay with that. Uh, we would like to be tighter on some of that coverage, yeah, but we'll pick our spots with what we're trying to take away. I know we've talked a few times about turnovers and, and you guys would like to force more, obviously. Yeah. But do you, do you guys track, like, what it, what it should have turnovers, but it, like, drops for your guys and... Oh yeah, those are those are MOBPs, missed opportunity at a big play. That gets recorded, and there's a the whole there's a column for that. We've had I don't know you know, we, even even a missed sack is an MOBP because that's a big play that can turn it around. Um, I'm trying to remember how many balls we may have knocked out and didn't come up with it. I mean, do you have a number or no? I don't, yeah, I, just, I, just I feel like like. Yeah, yeah, they were right. Well, you could. I remember um, Trent had one in the Philadelphia game, didn't we? Knock it out of the quarterbacks, mm -hmm. and we just, you know. So there were some of those where, and when that does happen, we talk. I mean, we're always scooping and scoring in practice. I mean, it's a habit that we build. Uh, it just hasn't fallen our way yet. We hope to get a few of those. Yesterday, uh, June talked about the emphasis on the run game, and and you filled the box against the Pats, and, and it worked out pretty well. Just. What's, gonna, what's it going to be like adjusting to the Raiders run game? Yeah, I mean, I, we, you know, you go back and you look at the last game that we played against them. For the most part, other than that 63-yard run, we were, we were good. Not great, but we were good and, and probably could have survived the game. That one, but you can't, it all counts. So when you give up a 63-yard run, that's part of it. And it ended up 123 yards rushing or whatever the average was. So we got to limit those. But the main emphasis will always be going into a game, especially a team like this, because we know the running back that they have. And by the way, when he was out last week, the other running back did a pretty good job too. So they know how to run the football. And if we don't find a way to stop it, my guess is that they'll continue to run. It felt like that the last time we played them, that they were committed to the run game. We know they're committed. They say it publicly. And so we better be committed to trying to stop it. Last one, maybe. Um, Steve, I know based on circumstances, Felix hasn't gotten a lot of snaps. Yeah. What have you seen him improve on from the start of the season? And what would you like to I'll see? tell you what, so. More opportunities. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're all, Joe and I are always talking about that. I go back to a little bit of a testament to the guys that are playing, because uh, I think Mike and George and Charles have done a really good job. And then Leo gets in there, too, in that particular spot. 
But Felix is is really coming along. I just the other day, I ch I'll always ask these guys questions in the meeting. I give them homework tapes to watch. You know, I gotta make sure they watch them. Right? Uh, so Felix was on it. You know, which is impressive because early on as a young rookie, you know, sometimes you miss those things. But I can see him in meetings, fully intent. It's sinking in. He's getting it. He's waiting for his opportunity, and uh, hopefully, when he gets it, he can rise up and be everything we thought he could be. Thank you. Coach. Okay, good. Thank yeah. You. All right, go ahead. Um, what do you got to do to get Kadarius Tony back to what you hope he can be? Uh, what's that process like from this point? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we all understand is, is that, um, you know, we are in a uh, position where all these guys, we all want to do well for each other. So whether it's the wide receiver position, the quarterback position, or us as coaches, we want the best for one another. And however we get to that point, um, however the games go, what guys do, it's just a matter of staying positive as much as we can. And then um, making sure that we um, emphasize and talk about where we can be better, you know, and and whoever that is on the team, that's what we do. And with KT, obviously, um, you know, he he understands that the the last play, you know, towards the end of the game with the interception, um, nobody's more frustrated than him. And we understand that, you know, he's got to make that catch. And as a team collectively, the way we've looked at it is we talked last week about starting fast and finishing strong. And we didn't finish strong as an offense um, those last four drives, whether it was punts or turnovers. Um, you know, at the end of the game there, we took the victory, um, but uh, meaning the QB Neal. But you know, we didn't finish strong. We wanted, we had a 17 point advantage, and we gave them a momentum to get the, the touchdown. So uh, we all want to be better. What do you think his confidence level is? I mean, you know, going through some of these things. Someone who can kind of bounce back from this stuff? I do. And, you know, this is for, for everybody. You know, this is a, a profession that is always going to challenge you in many different ways. And I think today and in, in today's world with um, social media and um, just the where that can go at times, whether it's the immediate right after a game or whether it's, you know, months and years later, it can still carry. So we all, we all need to be mentally strong. And there's one way to do that, and that's by being together by not pointing fingers. I do feel like that's a strength of ours. Um, and I say that because um, when you fight through adversity, um, through the hard times, when you do well at the end of it, and the storm goes away and, and the sun comes back out, you feel good that you, you stuck together. And so now, does that mean that there's not accountability for all of us? Yeah, that's, that's a part of this business and, and everything that we do. So we know that day by day, play by play, uh, game by game. So um, we're all accountable, and um, you know KT will handle it just fine. At some point, are you kind of what you are? Or I know you don't believe that. Coaches believe you can get better every day. Yeah. But at some point, as a unit, you say, you know, maybe that's just us this year. Um, I think to that question, yeah, you build an identity of who you are. You start figuring out, okay, this is what our strengths and weaknesses are. Um, if it's the same stuff that continues to happen. Um, you're crazy to not say that, okay, this isn't who we are. At the same point in time, you still need to work towards fixing whatever those negatives are. So you're not content. You're not complacent with it. Um, you got to understand that uh, all that said, the big picture for us right now is we're in a great position heading into this game to do some good things moving forward. And in this game, you know, to, to do everything we can to win and win a division, you know, which is pretty good. So we keep that in mind, but there's hard work ahead of us. This Raiders team we're about to face is playing hard. 
and their head coach, Coach Pierce, does a great job at leading those guys. You can see how hard they play, and um, they're talented. So coming in here is, you know, is going to be uh, a challenge for them with our fans and our crowd. It's a major advantage for us. But this is a big game, and, we're, and we know that. From a wide lens, what do you make of this? I guess you'd call it like a mini rivalry between Patrick and Max Crosby and going out back and forth. Yeah, it's been fun to be a part of the last couple of years. Uh, I can remember Max when he was coming out of college and um, just seeing who he was and how he played then. A little smaller at the time. Now he's you know he's put on some weight and some strength and confidence and played great. So I, I think you see two ultimate competitors that are at the top of the league at their positions. Um, and their side of the ball. And so there's definitely a mutual respect between the two. But when you get between those lines on game day, um, none of it's ever personal. But I think it's, it's cool to be on the sideline and see the fire that they have, but then also be on the field after the game and see the mutual respect they have for one another. What was the teaching point on Pat's first interception? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing for us is, is just making sure on, on any – interception that you have is you want to make sure that um, you know are your eyes at the right spot are your feet good um, you know and I think for him he understood he understands that um, in these plays no matter how or what it is you want to be good with your eyes and your feet and um, you know for us it, it just was, it was something that we talked about getting your eyes and feet right and the guys running the right routes and and uh, you know trying to stay away from it obviously the last one was was good accuracy, so I think that's probably you know what he's been focusing on. When a guy like Clyde has the, the game like he did against the Patriots, especially in the passing game, is there you know the thought of trying to get him involved more? And you know, and, and there was even the thought of you know him having playing the zebra like in the Super Bowl. I mean, is yeah. the aspect of hey, there's maybe some places you can get him on the field. He's able to play different positions. He has good hands. He's always had that going back to college. Um, he can do good things. I, I'm impressed with the way he's handled his situation this this year. Um, you never know, and there's injuries, and you know we had that last week for him to come in and step up and make big plays. That that the throw that Pat made and the, the catch that that Clyde made was really good. That was a big moment at that time. We needed that touchdown, and so um, he's just he he can he can do that kind of stuff. Uh, he's smart. He can run the ball, do things in the pass game, and then more than anything is his confidence and his leadership skills have shown this year. Based on his situation. Andy said he wanted to get Richie James more than at least two snaps. Um, obviously, he was overwhelmingly a slot guy last year in New York. Do you guys view him similarly, or do you view him as potentially being able to expand on the role he had? He can play different roles in this offense. Different guys play different spots. You guys know that. Um, I think he's he's good in the slot. He. When you're in the slot, you want to be able to have a feel with defenses and zones, and then you got to beat man inside and outside leverage. So he's done a good job. And I, I again, I, I speak to to Richie too. Is um, he went through some injuries and now you know got back, and now he I think he's handled his situation as a true professional. And um, you know when opportunities come up, if, you know coach says that about Richie, and you get him chances, I think you'll see good things from him. When you look at what Andy Reid did when you were in Chicago mm -hmm. and he did with you here before and what he's done the last year, two years, if you're a defensive coordinator, how do you prepare inside the five-yard line with what mm -hmm. you guys might run? Yeah, you, well, I think um, it's safe to say everybody knows it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of teams you can run into that, that you always know you got to prepare for something. And you don't know what it is and, and how you're going to deal with it. So I think the, the beauty of coach is knowing – um, when to when to call those plays and when when to run them. At the same point in time, 
there's also the beauty of these guys. You want to keep this game fun, too. It's a very business-like game. But I wish everybody in here could see the guys' faces when those plays get put in and seeing the excitement. And then you practice them. Sometimes they don't always go in. that. You practice them that week. They don't go in for five weeks. So um, I think in those moments, it's fun. Coach has a great feel for what plays to put in, when to put them in, and then when to call them and when to use them. When they work, um, then you know that that uh, it builds a little bit of equity in when you want to install them. So uh, and when they don't work, it can go the other ways. But coach has done a great job with that. Last two. I wanted to ask you about that, that first touchdown. Coach said it was from the forties. Mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, what's your history with that play? Who brought it in? What did, you know? Patrick said it was his idea to yeah. the center and all that stuff. But just. It, how many months ago is that? Well, like we, we have a, a nice little library as a staff. Um, every coach on staff brings their part and brings things in. And um, so we have a file that we kind of use and look at when we feel like we want to, um, you know, install one of those if we feel like it fits, you know. And so uh, I think then usually, and this has always been from the, the day I was with coach um, from Philadelphia to my first time here with him, is once you present it to the guys, they put their sprinkle and spin on it. And that's what these guys did with that play, with you know, changing the center and having Joe play center, ironically, in New England. Um, you know, so it's, they, the guys have fun with it. They love it, part of what I was saying before. How many of those things ever see the light of day? I mean, you, know, you, you know what it is? You guys have seen the ones that have. And, and I, I think back to the one year when Don Terry Poe had a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, and a catching touchdown in one year, uh, receiving touchdown. Um, but it's funny you say that because it would be a fun project in the offseason to see the amount of plays we put in um, at certain times throughout the year that never get called and kind of just get thrown into outer space, you know, and, and maybe bring those back. Is that a big number? <laughs> I don't think it's very big because, I mean, there's a little bit of you got to have – you got you can't do that all the time. Um, but if you bring it out at the right time, it can be fun. Thanks, everybody. Thank Appreciate you all. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's the same every week. You try to make sure that the guys go through fundamentals as far as punching and raking at the ball, um, you know, as far as the interceptions and tip passes. You have those come in bunches sometimes, and then there are games where you don't have them at all. But as far as causing turnovers, we can do a better job at actually attacking the ball. Um, that would help us out for sure. And so fundamentally every week, we do some drills where we are attacking the football, trying to rake it out, trying to punch it out. And so hopefully it's going to turn into a bunch of them coming up here starting this week. How do the, the coaching points maybe shift it when you, the assignment is someone like a Devontae Adams or Justin Jefferson up ahead? Or does it not shift it really at all? No, it shifts. Those guys are game changers. Those guys are um, game wreckers for defensive coordinators. And so everyone has to be on high alert for those potential um, stars that are on the other opposing team. And so, but no, it shifts as far as, you know, you're talking, you, you get them anywhere close to the core. If a D lineman can hit them, you hit them. If a linebacker can hit them, you hit them. If a corner can hit them, safety hit them, you try to hit them. You try to at least bruise them up a little bit. Um, hopefully they can just keep them out wide so the quarterback has to throw in a tight window. But you try to make sure everyone knows where is Waldo. There he is over there. And so that's what we do. Yeah, um, 
Shamari is a, number one, he's a quiet young man, but um, at the same time, he has some bite to him. And, and one day I remember talking to him and um, I made a comment and he made a little mumble up under his breath. And I said, what's that? What did you say? And he repeated it, which is good because a lot of times a child would be like, nothing, nothing. He repeated it. <laughs> and so, but, um, but he is a, um, a young man who has been playing multiple roles for us. I'm talking from safety, free and strong, to nickel, um, to dime. He's probably the only rookie that I've ever had that has played four different positions because that's what he's doing. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've had another guy that have done that. And so, but um, super smart young man, quiet, but at the same time, like I said, he has some bite to him. So he's developing, he's growing where we would like for him to grow. What was it about? I mean, was it OTAs that you noticed he might be able to do that? No, not at all. OTAs, I was like, man, this guy stinks. He can't go in the slot. There's no way. And then all of a sudden, he started just climbing. Um, I think it was more so when once you started putting him in the um, game, and, and he started um, feeling comfortable early part of the preseason games. And then you started seeing that, okay, he has some explosiveness. He has some movement skills that can be used, and let's see if we can use this. We had a package back when Spags and I were back a long time ago at the Giants. We called it a three-safety package. And that's what role that he's in right now is that three-safety package. And so he's doing a good job. You guys obviously liked uh, Jerry's draft yes, a few years ago. But is yes, it fair or accurate to say that maybe he's grown beyond what you thought his ceiling would be at the time? Yeah, he has. And, um, you know, the, the trajectory that – Ladarius has gone on is you want every player to come in here and have that ascending um, um, flight. And he has, came, he came in here, first of all, another quiet man who was struggling to learn the system where we had him playing in a slot, if you guys remember when he first got here, because we had Ward and, of course, um, Breland outside. And so, but he has taken leaps and bounds the past year and a half, maybe the past two years, that I and Spags, we thought that he would take. But this year, he's taken it up even another level. Um, in my opinion, he's probably, if not the best press corner in the league, he should be considered as one of the top two. And I don't see him as a number two. And so, but I think this young man, the ceiling is still, all right, it's, it's so far ahead of him and he has so much room to grow when it comes to zone coverages and things of that nature and so but he's doing a fantastic job the, the physical part of his game did you see that yes only because he plays safety yeah and yeah. then when you see a guy that's going to come down and he has the ability to tackle in the open space but what i didn't see was his ability to be ready to bounce back from adversity so if a lot of guys, if they get beat, and we've had some guys, and I've coached some guys over the decades, whereas if they get beat, some of the guys are going to a shell, and it's, you have to help them out to try to bring them back out. It's okay to come out of your room. Come on, it's all right. LJ doesn't do that. LJ bounces back right away. You make a catch on him, he gets pissed off. He's ready to now go back and challenge you again to show everybody that, no, that's not going to happen again. And so, but his ability to be able to bounce back is uncanny. I haven't had a guy like him. Last one, Matt. When you lose a guy like Ryan Cook, what kind of adjustments do you go through, and especially with maybe some of the, the new wrinkles that offense is going to go at you? 
Um, losing a guy like Brian Cook, the, the, the beautiful thing what we do here is we have walkthroughs and we have two separate groups that are going at the same time. And a lot of times when I've gone to places, you have one walkthrough, the backups are just sitting there and they're just watching. They're just watching. Well, no, we don't do that here. So we have everyone working. I mean, we get the trainers, we get Sid, Sid we, hit, we grab Ted, anybody come over here, run a route, go run a route for us. And we have all of our players working. And so the fact that we have done that since we've been here, it has allowed the next man to step up. Dion um, Bush was ready to go. You're talking, Shamari goes down and plays multiple roles. And so having those two separate walkthroughs allows us to get more done. And backups are always preparing and practicing. Your son keeps getting college offers. What's the number up to now? What's the black area? He, he, he's, 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 he's up there. And so, but I, I, I'm, I'm happy for him, and Mama Bear is happy for him. And so, but it's a beautiful thing. It really is. He's, he's a good kid. And my daughter, Drea. Don't forget her. <laughs> so, thank you, guys. Thank you. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, probably a little bit similar. Thankfully, the offense was able to punch that one in for us. But, uh, yeah, would love – great play by him. Great play. Love to see him finish it in the end zone, you know. Um, 
it's a little bit of a running joke. When Willie works in practice, he's a horrible running back as the look guy. Showed it on the field. <laughs> now that Drew is back, but you have everybody else back, how do you, what do you see his role as? How do you use, use him, utilize him, that sort of thing? Yeah, you know what? He's become really versatile for us in terms of the, um, the way we can use him. Uh, his football IQ allows him to do that at a high level. Um, we'll see how that goes, you know. Uh, even with Nick back last week, you know, he's still going to rotate in there some. Um, you know, he does a number of different things for us. Um, we're going to continue to get him on the field. He's going to help us. Jordan, it seems like Leo has taken a real big step this year. What have you seen from him from year one to year two? He has. I would agree with that statement. Um, I would say the game has slowed down for him a little bit in terms of his processing. You know, last year as a rookie, you're coming in. Um, we had him in a number of different positions, kind of, the, it was spinning fast for him. You could see, like, a lot of the physicality. You could see him do some things from a skill set standpoint. Um, and he did, played well for us. I would say he's taken a step this year. Um, he's able to handle more mentally. He's able to process faster. Um, he doesn't make many repeat errors. That was the case a year ago, although there were a lot of corrections that were going on. Um, you're seeing the accumulation of all of those reps to where he's got a really good foundation underneath of him now. He didn't play a lot of on-ball in college and everything, but you're getting him more and more this year. What's kind of got into that the evolution of him? Yeah, it's an interesting statement, and it's a good observation. Um, I would say when we evaluated him on college tape, you didn't see much of that, but you saw a lot of the physical traits that might lend them to being good in those roles um, and he's become that you know he's as good up on the line of scrimmage as most defensive ends in this league in terms of setting the edge and being physical in the run game he's capable as an edge rusher there I think those will continue to grow as he gets more reps and opportunities at it to be honest I mean, you coach D-line, too. I mean as far as Leo's strength I mean, yeah. where does he kind of rank in guys that you coach? High extremely the other thing that, that shouldn't be discredited for him, uh, he plays with really good leverage. He's a natural knee bender. Um, he does a great job creating separation and extension with his arms. Um, so there's a combination of things. He is strong, um, but he also plays with really good technique and fundamentals. How important is it to have Nick back, particularly for this week against the Raiders? He was not there last time around uh, with the way they run the football. Yeah, I mean, always good to have Nick back. Um, you know, we, we lean on him so much for leadership, for communication. Um, you know, he is a great presence out there. I think the, he brings a comfort level to everybody else on the field. He allows other guys to play fast because he's able to recognize and pre-snap communicate things so well. Um, so it's always good to have him back. Anybody else? Thank you, Coach. Absolutely. Well, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody, and getting ready for a big Christmas Day showdown with our rival, the Raiders, and uh, with that, I'll open it up for questions. Um, from the beginning of the season to the end, uh, behind the scenes of practice, what have you seen as far as the growth and development of Felix? Uh, well, I'll tell you, he really did a great job early in the year filling in when we had some guys down. You know, Chris wasn't here early, Charles with the suspension, and um, he's just been steady, and he's continuing to develop, but he's done some good things. Charles played really steady. You know, he played he played physical in the run game. He was really good on his rushes, uh, and uh, I thought it was one of his best games. 
Is there a technique to batting down a pass? Do you, is it, or is it just all instinct for a defensive well, lineup? You know, I, I tell you, you, know, you can work on that all day, and we don't spend a lot of time, but Coach Spaggs really stresses it when, when guys are coming on pressures. What I stress with the D-line is if you're not getting there and you see the long arm separation, get your hand up. We have some guys that really have a good feel for that. George has a good feel, Chris, Mike Dana. Uh, last year, Carlos did. I mean, they have some height, too, which helps. But just stressing when you're not getting there clean and the ball's getting out quick to get your hands up. George is having a really nice year, second year in. What have you seen from him as the season's gone on? Well, I think if you go back to a year ago, you know, we had to, we had to play him early. He just kept getting better and better, and I think that trend has continued. And uh, he works hard at his craft. It's somewhat rare for uh, position coaches to be caught on camera, but you had that moment a couple weeks ago with the surface, I guess, how much how much um, texts and calls and stuff did you hear about that? You know, from my wife and my daughters, but uh, no, I, those, I mean, I'm a very high energy, intense guy, so is Chris, I love Chris, and, and uh, sometimes the heat of the moment, but it's all competitive energy, and uh, it was over, next play. Did that uh, Microsoft surface uh, survive? It did. it did, it did. <laughs> I dropped that pretty hard, but it, it did survive. What do you see from the Raiders this week? His second time through seeing him? It wasn't all, all that long ago? Well, I'll tell you, you know, Coach Pierce has done a great job getting those guys to play hard, you know, do what they do well. You know, they made some changes in what they were doing. I mean, but really, when you have number eight, you get Josh Jacobs. I mean, you're going to give him the ball as much as you can, and that kind of got things rolling for them. Uh, he's had three, they've had three games well over 100 yards. And, um, you know, we had a hard time with him the last time, so we have to have all hands on deck to stop him. And then you get Adams on the outside and the speed at receivers. Uh, they, they, they've done a great job. And uh, I think the quarterback is really doing a nice job, not only managing the game, but getting the ball out fast and getting it to the people they want him to get it to. Last one, Matt. Uh, Coach, Mike Pinnell's the guy that came here in 2019 and provided a spark. Now he's back. He saw his first action last week. What do you think about Mike Pinnell and what he brings to your room? Well, you know, Mike, Mike's done, done a great job. He, I kind of... Go back to last year when we brought Brandon Williams here, who I had in Baltimore. Mike's been in the in the battles. He's played 10 years in the league. And Mike was getting better and better and better as Matt has gotten better. Uh, and it was just an opportunity to get him up, see what he could do, and he did a nice job of it. Thank you, everybody. Thank I appreciate you. it. Happy holidays. Fire away. What you got? The, um, obviously, you knew a lot about Wanya from coaching for a few months now. But have you learned anything since he's – Going into the lineup from these, what, three games or whatever it's been since he's been alive, you learn anything about him? Yeah, uh, it's been fun to watch him compete. And so you, you always wonder, uh, and you know uh, what kind of ability he has. Uh, he's super talented, all kinds of ability, bright future. <clears throat> what, what's he going to be like under the bright lights in the moment? Uh, and, I, and I think he's handled himself really well, and that's been fun to watch. What are, the, what are the biggest challenges for this week, this game against the Raiders, and what they can bring on the defensive line? Well, you know, certainly uh, Max Crosby is as good as there is and as disruptive as there is. Um, you can see on their defense that they're playing hard and with heart. I mean, Coach has them going now. Uh, and then you mix into that, you know, the whole Chiefs-Raiders rivalry thing. So it's going to be a great challenge for us. With the, with the new guys outside and Wanya mixing in too, what do you feel like this group is in pass protection as far as you know picking up and passing off and communication, the transition there? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a, an important element. The communication, 
knowing the guy next to you. And so that takes some time now. These guys have all been working with each other for the better part of a year and through training camp. Uh, so we expect that to, you know, continue to progress and get better. Um, you know, we plug a new guy in over there, uh, Wanye, next to Joe. I mean, Joe's a pro's pro over there, and he's been communicating and working really well with Wanye. <clears throat> Trey and Jawan, you know, this year they're new together. So that's been a process, making sure uh, hey, if we got a vertical set, we're vertical setting so we can handle games and things like that. So it's it's never as good as you want it to be. And so that's what we work on day in and day out. Leading into the decision to insert Wanye there, uh, what specific technique areas did you see him improve on from training camp to that leading into that game? Um, I thought he did a nice job with some of his uh, run blocking. Wasn't perfect, but he did a good job of dropping his hips, getting his hands inside, his eyes up, and then, you know, working to finish. Some, you know, a guy's not going to stay blocked forever, and so he's trying to disengage from a block. Can you drop your hips, adjust, and finish that block? What's been, what's been the process of bringing Juwan in and getting him doing what you guys do? Well, I mean, it started in OTAs with, uh, you know, meetings, hey, chalkboard, uh, getting out on the field a little bit with uh, fundamentals, and we may be asking him to do something a little bit different than he had done in his past. Um, and then, you know, it's just constant watch the tape, correct, drill it, got to drill, fix it, watch the tape. You know, it's just wash and repeat. How did Tooney grade out as a center? I think he got 100% on that one. Yeah, he delivered a nice snap. You know, he, I, I think he was probably a, a Pro Bowl center one year in his career. Uh, so I had a lot of confidence in uh, his ability to do that. That was fun. Thank you, everybody. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. What have you seen from him this last couple of weeks and his confidence level and how you guys are coaching him? Good. He's he's been doing good and that's one thing I love about KT. He don't he doesn't let all the noise or any of that get to him. He's still the same person every day and we love that about him and uh, he's working hard. He's still working hard, doing everything he's supposed to do and we you know, that's that's him. So we like that. Why hasn't he lived up to the expectations you guys had for him this year, so far at least? Um, I wouldn't say it's like he hasn't lived up to the expectations. He's just There's just been a couple plays throughout the season that it just happened to be, you know, a big situation or something, and he might have had an error. So I think it looks worse than his actual season as a whole because um, when I grade him out in games and stuff, he, it's not like he's – getting an F grade every game. So I think it's more just kind of situational when it happened, where it happened, that type of stuff. I assume part of your process is trying to figure out that part of the why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, how do you assess why a guy drops a pass late in the game? Um, you know, that's probably the hardest thing or the thing that keeps coaches up the most is, you know, you, you hear it all the time. People talk about, like, you, you remember the losses more than the wins. So same type of thing. Um, I, I don't think you can just, you know, point to one thing of why he's doing this or why, you know, why it's happening. It's not from a lack of effort. Um, I think more of it is from he's trying to make plays. He's trying to catch the ball or, you know, move, move before he has the ball. So um, it's not anything other than that, him out there trying to make 
plays for our team. So again, it's not from the lack of effort or the the lack of want to. Coach said he wants to see more opportunities for Richie. Um, what, what do you think that, that he can do in, in, with those added opportunities? Yeah, no, Richie's been great. Uh, he's been great in our room. He's a great leader. He helps the young guys out a lot. Um, he helps four out. Uh, but he, he, he'll play Sunday and he'll get his shots and um, you know, we, we like to move everyone around and it's, everyone has to know every spot out there. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Richie. I know he's excited. He's been working hard, um, kind of behind the scenes when you're injured or not, you kind of have to do stuff on your own. So he, he's been working hard, been in the meeting room, you know, uh, in the playbook still. So I'm excited for him. How, uh, how important, I'm sure it's a coaching point every week to have a little in the football, right? But the Raiders yeah. really were getting after the ball against the Chargers. Oh, yeah. Raking it out. I mean, yeah. through the whistle. No, that's good. And uh, I think more, you know, there's some teams that do it better than others, or it's uh, you can see it on film, I guess, more than others. Um, but, yeah, that's every game. We got to the, – the ball is the goal. You got to have the ball. So we always always harping on that, talking about it. Um, we work ball security drills all the time. And, yeah, it's just if, if someone sees, you know, the week before you get the ball punched out, they're going to all be trying to punch the ball out. So you got to make sure you uh, hold it high and tight. couple months. Your first year as a position coach, how's the experience been? What have uh-huh. you kind of learned about yourself and the job in the process? Um, yeah, it's been great. Uh, I've learned a lot. It's been uh, – there's been some ups and downs, some challenges, good stuff, all that. I think that – anyone's first year in the NFL kind of has. Um, so, but it's been good. I love it. I love doing what I do. Uh, I have a passion for this. Um, I grew up in the, the football business. My dad's a coach. Uh, my uncle's a coach. So, um, I, you know, I went to school and I didn't, I, I knew I wanted to be a coach. So, you know, I, I majored in general studies because they don't have coaching degrees. So whatever's the easiest so I could get out and go be a coach. So <laughs> Last one, Adam. Uh, Connor, I mean, you guys obviously like Rasheed. You drafted him this year. But uh-huh. is it fair to say that maybe he's gone beyond what you thought he would give you as, as a rookie this year? Yeah, um, he's done great. It's hard on anyone to play in the NFL, let alone a rookie. Um, he's... I, the thing I like about uh, him is he, he works hard, and then he lets me coach him hard. So he's fine with me getting on him. He's fine. He just wants to get better. And I, ch- I try to challenge him every day in some type of way, whether, you know, sending him an article talking about who's the best rookie wideout out there or whatnot, just to try to keep him motivated and keep him going because – it's hard for rookies. Like you just thinking about it, he he went from playing his last senior year into the combine, into the draft process, into getting here. And so he hasn't really had a break in over a year. So, um, but he's done great. And like I said, I like his attitude, his work ethic, and he's playing. I mean, it's showing. He's working hard in practice, and it's showing up in the game. Do you have specific examples of things you've gotten on him about that he's that he's? Uh. I can't really think of one specific thing right now, but I just know if I tell him, if he messes up on something, I tell him he gets it fixed, and that's all you want as a coach is if I tell you, hey, you, I'm, I'm fine with you messing up, especially as a rookie, but don't do the same thing twice, So, and he doesn't. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thanks, Connor.